Blog Talk Radio. In these pages, we will be surprised to find pieces of our own stories asking us to know ourselves better, realizing that life goes on, filled with hope and work, progress and achievement in every sector of cosmic life in keeping with God's laws. Hello, dear friends of Cardiac Radio, and welcome back to the study of When Life Goes On. My name is Francisca Fienbach. And I am Mackenzie Mello. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? I'm doing all right. Well, last week we discussed Chapter 4 and learned about the surgery that Evelina went through and her discarnation about two weeks after that, ending with her telling us that she was spiritually very thirsty. Maybe a hint that she was aware of what was going to happen. But um, before we jump ahead too much, let's just calm ourselves down a little bit. And if you can, close your eyes so that we can elevate our thoughts to the higher spheres. Taking a moment to show gratitude to towards our Creator. Dear Mother, Father, God, Creator of the universe and of our yet small hearts, we are deeply grateful for a new day filled with many blessings and many opportunities for us to learn and to grow to come closer to you by understanding your love better and most importantly by fulfilling them. So we thank you dear God for this opportunity of studying together with our brothers and sisters around the world through the medium of Kardec Radio. The beautiful and life-changing lessons Andre Lewis brings us through the story of Evelina Ernesto and their families. We would like to welcome the good spirits who are always around us, helping us to absorb the teachings in a way that we can put them into practice with their inspiration and their guidance. And now we would like to start our meeting. So be it. So be it. Yeah. The good spirits, or let's say, now we're moving on to the spirit world, And we want to find out how Evelina was received after her discarnation in Chapter 5 of the book And Life Goes On, entitled Reunion. Enjoy.
and life goes on. Chapter 5 Reunion Evelina woke up in a spacious bedroom with two windows that allowed her to see the sky. She had awakened from a heavy sleep, she thought. She tried to get her bearings and appraise her situation. How had she fallen into this amnesia from which she was only now returning to consciousness? Making a great effort, she began to slowly remember. First, an indescribable nightmare had troubled her as she had started to go to sleep. Most probably, she must have suffered a fainting spell. She saw herself moving through an exotic world of images that forced her to regress down the pathway of her memories. She had recapitulated, she didn't know how, all the phases of her short life. She had gone back in time. She reconstructed all the days she had lived, back to the point of seeing her father brought home dead when she was only two years old. In this movie, which the hidden energies of her mind had shown to her in the innermost corners of her being, she had heard once more her mother's screams and saw the stunned neighbors, unable to understand the tragedy that had struck her home. Next, she remembered feeling a huge jolt. It was as if something had been untied in her brain and then she saw herself floating over her own sleeping body. Soon thereafter, an overpowering sleep had taken over. That was all she remembered. How many hours had she lingered in that unexpected languor? Could it be that, as the result of some miraculous treatment, she was regaining consciousness after having collapsed? Why didn't she see anyone near her bed, someone from the family to explain what had happened? She tried to sit up and succeeded without any difficulty. She inspected the surroundings and concluded that they had taken her to another room. From what she could gather, after fainting, she had been taken back to the hospital and was now in a spacious room of a relaxing light green color. On a nearby table, she saw roses that called her attention to their fragrance. Delicate curtains swayed gently to the rhythm of the breeze that came in through unusual Venetian blinds made of a substance similar to crystal covered with an emerald-like material. Everywhere simplicity and purpose, comfort and lightness. Evelina yawned, raised her arms and did not feel any pain. She had finally been healed, she thought happily. She knew the presence of health and she felt it within her. No suffering, no restrictions. If she felt anything at all unpleasant, it was that sure sign of organic health. She was starving. Where was her husband, her parents? She wanted to shout out her happiness and tell them she was healed. She longed to tell them that all their sacrifices on her behalf had not been in vain. Inwardly, she thanked God for the gift of her recovery and very much wanted to extend her joyous gratitude to her loved ones. She could no longer contain her joy-filled heart and reached for the buzzer beside her. She pressed the button and a woman with a sweet, pretty face entered, greeting her with loving care. Evelina readily accepted the unknown woman's assistance. Nurse, she asked the newcomer, would you please call my husband? 
I have instructions to first inform the doctor that you are better. Mrs. Serpa agreed, but insisted that she felt the need to share her joy with her family. I understand, replied the woman kindly. I'm anxious to talk to someone, added the convalescent eagerly. What's your name? Call me Sister Isa. You must know who I am. My name is Evelina Serpa, and you must have my chart. Yes. Sister Isa, what happened to me? I feel fine, but in a strange way that I can't quite define. You've been through a long surgery. You must rest, recover. Although spoken in a significant way, these words were not surprising. She knew she had been through surgery. She had gone through the painful removal of a tumor. She had returned home and had improved the point where she had gone for a ride with her husband through the roads of Morumbi. And yet, she found herself once more in a hospital without knowing why. While silently mulling this, she missed seeing the nurse press a gray button on the wall, calling the doctor on duty. In a couple minutes, a man dressed in white calmly entered the room. He greeted the patient, examined her, and smiled, satisfied. Doctor, Evelina started to say, anxious to explain herself. She wanted some information. She wanted to know how and when she could see her husband and parents. Wouldn't it be fair to give her loved ones the news of her success at this hospital? The doctor listened to her calmly and asked her to be patient. She would see her family, but first she needed to get readjusted. With kind gestures, as if putting a child at ease, he explained, You are better now, much better. However, you are still under strict watch regarding your mental state. If you tune into anything capable of inducing you to actively remember the disease you suffered, all the symptoms will most likely reappear. Think about that. It wouldn't be advisable to meet your family right now. And with an even more understanding look, he added, Please, cooperate. Evelina listened to his explanation with tear-filled eyes, but accepted it without resistance. After all, she concluded, she should be grateful to those who had granted her the blessing of her recovery. She didn't have the right to interfere with measures she couldn't understand. Guessing that the doctor was about to leave, she asked humbly if she was allowed to read, and if so, she wondered if the hospital could lend her a book containing Christ's teachings. Moved by her request, the doctor remembered the New Testament, and in just a few moments, the nurse brought one to her. Alone again, Evelina started to read the Sermon on the Mount. However, the doctor's advice kept coming insistently back to her mind. If she had recovered, as she seemed to have, why could simple memories compel the return of the suffering she found herself to be free of? Why? She felt possessed of an indescribable euphoria. A delightful sensation of lightness kept her in a joyous mood, one she had never felt in her entire life. Could these indicators of bodily health vanish so easily? She put the book aside and became engulfed in more thoughts. 
What would happen if she did intensely visualize Caio and her parents there with her? What if she did concentrate her thoughts on all the pain she had left behind? Unfortunately, she yielded to such exercises, and in just a few minutes, the crisis was full-blown, quickly overpowering her body. Her hands and feet became icy cold. While it seemed that a fire burned inside her, the despnea suffocating her chest. With these symptoms unleashed, Evelina tried to fight back, to concentrate on health instead of disease, but it was too late. Suffering overpowered her strength, and she writhed in the agony she thought she had left behind for good. Stunned, she pressed the buzzer, and the helpful nurse made every effort to assist her. The doctor returned and gave her some sedatives. Neither the doctor nor the nurse reproached her in the least, but Evelina could see in their eyes that they knew exactly what had happened. In their silence, they let her know that they were aware of her stubbornness and that, obviously, not heeding their warnings, she had wanted to find out for herself what an inappropriate mentalization would do. His kindness notwithstanding, the doctor was very firm. After giving Mrs. Serpa a tranquilizing injection in a certain area of her head, he gave strict instructions to the nurse, prescribing special measures for her to sleep. It was advisable to use anesthetics to enable her to rest longer. The patient could not and should not surrender to fixated ideas, lest she return to unnecessary suffering. Evelina registered his words as she drifted off. She then lost herself in a heavy sleep. She awakened several hours later, aware of the fact that she had to take care to avoid another panic-filled bout. Showing a desire to eat, she was immediately served some hot, comforting broth that tasted like a delicious nectar. She recovered and was wide awake. She realized she was under a type of treatment whose effectiveness and power she couldn't underestimate. After a week of complete rest and enjoying only the reading materials chosen by those in charge of her, she began to walk around the room. When she had stood up again, she noticed unmistakable differences in herself. Her feet seemed lighter, as if she had lost a lot of weight. What is more, in her mind, ideas were born in torrents, strong and beautiful, almost materializing themselves before her eyes. On an afternoon, when she felt more encouraged to move around naturally, she walked toward the window overlooking an enormous courtyard, and from the third floor where she was staying, she saw dozens of people conversing happily. Several of them were sitting around a beautiful fountain in the middle of a huge flower garden. That peaceful gathering attracted her. She was eager for social contact, restrained as she was by austere discipline. Thus, she asked the nurse if she was allowed to go down and maybe talk to someone. After all, she suggested optimistically, a hospital is like a ship where individuals are interested in and lend a helping hand to each other. The nurse laughed and held her by the arm to go down to the garden. 
Yes, she could enjoy herself there. The air would do her good, and she might also make a new friend. Left on her own, she gazed longingly at the faces around her. It seemed as if she were in the midst of a huge family, kindred souls, but almost all of them strangers to each other, like at a resort. Everyone there seemed to be convalescing, and one could easily discern the vestiges of the infirmities they had managed to defeat. Evelina was deciding what would be the best way to approach someone when she saw a man not far away looking at her in obvious astonishment. Oh my goodness, wasn't that gentleman Ernesto Fantini the new friend from the hot springs? Her heart beat faster and she extended both arms in his direction, giving him the certainty that she had been expecting him with all her soul. Fantini? It was in fact him, got out of the armchair and walked quickly toward her. Evelina! Dona Evelina! Is it really you? Yes, it's me! answered the young woman, crying with joy. The newcomer could not ignore the emotion of that unforgettable moment. Tears ran down her serious, kind face. Embarrassed, she sought to dry her tears while trying to smile. Translator's Note Dyspnea Difficult or labored breathing Shortness of breath Definition taken from the website www.medterms.com Reunion, that's the title of the chapter, which is very, very interesting, at least to me, and hopefully um, you can agree with me. And why do I say it is interesting? Naturally, when we start and we know the story, we know what the title means at the end. But what I think is very, very interesting um, impressive about the title of this chapter is that if we take it from Evelina's perspective, right, that's how the chapter starts. She really wants to be reunited and she keeps looking for her husband and her parents, which we know by, you know, our previous four chapters and I think last chapter we, we read a sentence that's, that read something like, and she dedicated her entire life to these three people. Um, of course, to those, to the father and mother, and later on to her husband. And those were uh, her first wishes. I mean, she wants to be with them. She wants to talk to them. She wants to tell them that they were fundamental for her um, being better right now, for her to be feeling as she is. But, of course, we already read the chapter, you heard the reading, and we know that at the end of the chapter, her reunion is not with her parents and is not with her husband. Um, that's why I said it, it's very interesting to me because... Uh, 
who are we who do we want to be reunited with right and that's that's the question that comes to me we we really don't know when we we don't remember so many things that we lived and of course the chapter starts by her not knowing exactly what's going on and actually the chapter ends without her really knowing what's going on uh she still thinks that she's alive Okay, she is still alive, right? And but she still thinks that she is incarnated, if we want to use a more precise word. And we we all know because we are reading the story that she is not, that she passed away, and that's exactly how chapter four finished or ended. Is when Andres says that you know her closed her eyes of closed the eyes of her physical body in final deliverance, just as the stars were fading in the new dawn. So she is transitioning from her physical life to her spiritual life, but she doesn't understand that yet. Meaning that although uh, Fantini had started talking to her about that continuation and that life really goes on, she still didn't have that completely inside of her. And apparently, maybe uh, some of us, or um, I wouldn't say most of us, but some of us, um don't believe that either and even if we, when we believe let's say spiritists um do we really believe do we really uh, take that and really you know live that live life thinking that and and feeling that on the inside so it is it is uh very saying to me that uh, she, although she is a catholic she knows that she, that life goes on uh, she doesn't she doesn't uh, doesn't think exactly how it will go on but she knows that life will go on uh but then she wakes up and she says oh i'm uh, apparently this is this was just a a very heavy sleep and uh, she doesn't know and we also don't know how much time has passed between her discarnation and the moment that she is there because she wakes up there and she says oh there's something uh, weird here i i remember some of the things I remember that I uh um I had the surgery I um uh, what 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 was going on I mean um I I don't know but there's something before she remembers that that she realizes that it was as if she was going back to her childhood and she even remembers her father right and uh it is it is interesting to see um how when we die and this is something um this is something very very interesting um as if everything is returning to her as if these memories as if these uh this his her last life right the 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 days that she spent on earth were stored those memories were stored outside of her right and in spiritism we say that um the perispirit which is this envelope of the spirit right this uh spiritual matter we should we could we can say that or or more spiritualized matter or less dense matter that connects our physical body to what we really are as a spirit this uh connection between these two worlds uh it is uh a, some sort of a, a brain or this a memory bank 
where the memories are stored. And when we are returning to the spirit world, untying the knot, let's say, to the physical body, it is as if we we go through this uh, path of recovering these memories and taking uh, those memories into ourselves again. And um, apparently it's like a tunnel, let's say, uh, just to create an image here that we are going through so that we can uh, reach the other the other side quote unquote here and she remembers everything and she she remember you know back to the point of seeing her father brought home dead when she was only two years old and uh, she hears her mother's screams and everything but now she boom has this receives this huge jolt and then all of a sudden she is untied. So we can clearly see here in the imagery that Andrew Lewis is describing that it's uh, what she's, he is describing here is that moment of the discarnation, right? Um, we didn't study this here yet, but on the fourth book of, of this Andrew Lewis series, Workers of the Life Eternal, they he describes a generic, let's say, discarnation process and he describes it as the untying of this perispirit of the perispirit from the body coming from the feet up when the last point of to of to be disconnected from us is the brain so we can see that he is actually describing here this discarnation process and with her remembering everything and then boom uh, she is she receives this huge jolt and then it was as if something had been untied in her brain and then she saw herself floating over her own sleeping body so it is interesting that he in you no know, three paragraphs in a paragraph she describes this uh, very quickly but bringing all this this idea of everything that he he's been talking about of a lot of these the knowledge that Kardec gave to us in in the books of the codification spirit's book the medium's book and and so on and so forth in in this paragraph that's very very powerful for us to 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 know that we don't lose the memories that all these feelings and all the things that we lived they are within ourselves it's just that sometimes we cannot access them anymore right and we don't feel those those memories anymore but they are right there and one one last thing about for me to say in this beginning here is that if we and when we uh, talk to psychologists for example people that uh, uh, when they are treating other you know suffering patients that have all those old traumas they don't, they don't know how to deal with those traumas we can see very clearly here uh, what uh, they are trying to treat is they are, they are trying to get those old memories back up so that we can see those memories again and you see uh, that suffering that was inside of herself of her father being killed brought home with her mother screaming that was inside of her you know she remember uh, she remembers a lot of stuff but this is something that's very important in her life and that probably shaped her life and shaped the way she felt throughout her life you know that screaming mother and that father being brought home dead right so uh, these memories they are very powerful within ourselves so 
that's that's why it is important for us that before we go back you know to our uh, life to our spiritual life that we try to solve all these these old traumas inside of ourselves so that we can be more whole wholesome uh, before go before returning and knowing more of ourselves it will be easier for us to to deal with the issues that may uh, be presented to us in our lives but then she she remembers this and she doesn't know how many how many hours has passed right friend and she goes on uh, describing what she's feeling what she's seeing at that moment yeah mackenzie that's right well we we already have heard about that um that people who had near death experiences were having these kind of flashbacks as well like this memories coming up from earliest childhood through whatever happened to that point in their life but imagine i guess evelina at her time she didn't know anything about that so and due to her lack of preparation because she believed she didn't really believe in afterlife she the first little hint she became was through ernesto just briefly before she died but she didn't have knowledge that she could transfer to her new situation so therefore she is observing herself and i think it's interesting that when she's recapitulating how she arrived in that hospital and trying to make sense of that whole experience she said that she saw herself floating over her own sleeping body and after that she took a long sleep but she didn't know what that means and that's why she um she makes up the story for herself well the only thing that could have happened is that she fainted and was taken back to the hospital but she noticed that this kind of hospital was very different because the lighter color um there were beautiful roses um with a lovely fragrance she felt lighter she felt healed she felt happy and she felt the difference in her body what she thinks is her physical body but we know that it is her spiritual body and she said oh she's starving you know so again for her it's a physical sensation so she must be alive and there all the um thoughts about her parents her husband the reunion like you beautiful put in the beginning she long, she wants to continue her life where she left it up left it because she's not aware aware that the long surgery the nurse is mentioning is actually the transition from earth to the spiritual world so she has the same kind of thinking and that's for us to remember we don't change just because we leave our physical garment behind so she continues where she was in her spiritual development and that's why she she noticed that she felt different but she she couldn't make sense of it so she she continued as she would have on earth as well pressing the button calling the nurse and asking immediately for a family 
because she wanted to share her joy with them, telling them that she was healed. And the nurse is a bit more, um, how can I say, she's avoiding the topic and telling, but actually informing her what is the reality right now, that she needs to inform the doctor. And so they introduce each other. She's called Sister Isa, or she wants to be called Sister Isa. Evelina introduces herself. And the nurse emphasizes, you must rest, you must recover. And Andrelou says, although spoken in a, signific- in a significant way, these words were not surprising. So she's telling her, and that's why the long surgery is in italics in the books as well, that the long surgery is actually not the surgery on earth, but the surgery of the soul, so to speak. But she thinks from now on, it must be the surgery, you know, removing the tumor and so on. Because she said, oh, no, after that, I improved. I went to Morumbi, the place I loved, through my engagement to Caio. And then something happened, and um, I'm back to the hospital. And the doctor comes, listens to her very patiently, her request again to see her family. But he tells her the same, like the nurse, you first need to get readjusted before you can see your family. And explaining in a very gentle and kind way, you are still under strict watch care regarding your mental state. So this is a warning he speaks out to her. If you tune in to anything capable of inducing you to actively remember the disease you suffered, all the symptoms will most likely reappear. Think about that. It wouldn't be advisable to meet your family right now. And opening a parenthesis, this was exactly how the disease worked. Whenever she was upset, she induced a crisis into her physical body by having negative thoughts about her loneliness and her upset with her husband. But she apparently had forgotten about that. And to to be even more um, careful, the doctor said, please cooperate. At first, Evelina accepted it without any resistance because she wanted to be grateful for the blessing of her recovery. But she couldn't really understand. And then she asked, well, if she was allowed to read, wanting to read about Christ's teachings. So she feels the need for the spiritual support and the spiritual thirst that I was mentioning in the beginning of of our program today. So she gets the New Testament and uh, starts reading the Sermon of the Mount. But she can't concentrate that much because the advice of the doctor was puzzling her. Why could the memories 
Bring back the suffering. If she feels now so lighter, happier, she feels better, more joy than in her whole existence. And she's doubting, could it really be true that the physical troubles would come back so easily? So she stops reading and makes a test. The exercise to visualize Kayo, her home, her family, the disease and everything, and boom. She gets overpowered, feels the physical symptoms again, hands and feet ice cold, burning fire inside her, the difficulty of breathing, and she she now she has to prove and notice oh no it happens exactly like that but now it's too late she tries to fight back concentrating on health but it was too late so she pressed the buzzer again the nurse came comforted her with the doctor as well and they they don't reproach her they know they give her to understand that they know what had what had happening and the doctor says, no, she needs to rest. So now we need to help her to rest, giving her a sedative and inducing her to sleep. And reminding the nurse, Enda, the patient could and should not surrender to fixated ideas. Let's return to unnecessary suffering. So Mackenzie, What's up with our fixated ideas? Yeah, we have to be very careful about them, friend. It's, uh, it is impressive how we don't realize that in our lives, um, that we have them and how hard it is, of course, if they are fixated for us to, uh, to get rid of them and to really move our minds and our thoughts from them because um it is it is very powerful the way uh, our mind works to overpower uh, some some things in our body and like you said very very um interestingly what she's going through right now is exactly what she was going through when uh, what she makes right herself feel again is what she did when she was incarnated and see how much it, it is hard for us to learn this. You know, she already knew that, right? She 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 was doing that, and her physical body was was reacting to what she, the way she was thinking. So, wouldn't it be even more powerful if we did it when we were discarnated? And of course it is. And she feels it like right now. The thing is, of course, she doesn't. Um, know that she's discarnated. Well, she she is not aware of that yet. She thinks she is alive, as we already said it. But uh, once we get this idea fixated in our minds, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it is a bad thing in and of itself. No, we it depends, right? We can set our minds to a good goal, and then we will fix our minds on that, and then no barrier will be big enough for us to stop which is really good and that shows the power of our uh 
of our mindset to do something. But of course, depending on what we we are fixating our minds on, we can go the other way around, and that's where she is going here. So it is very important for us to to be uh, to have a, a certain discipline and to to have our minds fixed on something. But we need to pay attention and be aware of where we are going with that and what um, what is going to be the path ahead of us. And uh, but there's something else here that I like to, that I also like to to see in this, and and that you also pointed out, is that those two words that the doctor tell her, please cooperate, as if she is pleading, as if he knows her, as if he understands that although he just gave an explanation, although he just said that you know be careful, this is really serious, and asks her please cooperate, and then she does exactly the opposite, right? She starts by not doing it, but then all of a sudden she said, oh, let me just test this. And this is also something that we need, really need to understand and take from these books that we are studying here, right? Um, we are, we've been you know, reading, discussing um, all these situations in the lives of these people that we are knowing, just like we did with Nosolar, the messenger, sex and destiny, now here with Evelina and with Fantini and with, with all the other people here, we know what they went through. We know what some types of behavior can lead us to. You know, we know uh, that some types of of some some things that we do, just like this one that we are seeing here, will most likely lead us to a path similar to what she is suffering right now at this moment. But then we, despite this knowledge, despite knowing all this, we decide to test it by ourselves instead of learning from the ones who already suffered before, who are already trying to show us, hey, look, this is how it happens. This is what uh, can happen to you, and that will most likely happen to you, not necessarily equally, but with uh, many, many similarities. So why don't you cooperate with us? It is as if the doctor is actually looking at me looking at you, friend, looking at all of our friends who are listening to this right now and, and asking, us, asking us, please, cooperate. Cooperate with us. We are trying to help you. We are, trying, we are here with the book. We are here with, here with this story. We are here trying to show you that these mental states can be very harmful. And here are the mental states that can be very helpful to you. So please cooperate. Don't don't go this path. And then what do we do? We go the path that they invite us not to go to. And then we do something. We do the same. We keep repeating the same mistake. Just like you also said, friend. She does. She does. She does the same. She goes and instead of you know sticking to the plan and getting the book that we saw, we thought that she would use you know to take her mind out of it. Then she just falls back into what she was before, what the way she was before, and then she, she gets really, really worse. So these are, are teachings within teachings, right? These are 
things that we really need to to understand that these books and these these this knowledge that they are trying to to show us that under in this case is showing us is not for us to you know find find it beautiful and find it you know emotional and have feelings and you know uh feel for the character feel for the person no as we keep repeating these were real people these are real people they went through these problems and unfortunately they're falling again in the same issues that they had before the question for us is are we doing the same are we falling on the same traps that we set for ourselves right and unfortunately evelina here does the same one thing that i'd like to point out just making a, a parenthesis here is that when you uh, were were talking about the uh, uh, sister Isa, when she says to her, to, to Evelina, that she's been through a long surgery, these two words, long surgery, in the, the, the copy that I have here, they are in italics, right? So one, as if they want to tell us something different than what just a long surgery is. And if, if we hear this from Evelina's point of view, she will think of what? She will think of the surgery that she had to go through. And she thinks that she had to go through another surgery after she fainted, but she doesn't remember. And that's maybe what she she is thinking, right? But it, the question for ourselves is, what is Sister Isa talking about here? Is she talking about that surgery? And of course she's not talking about that surgery, right? She's not talking about the first surgery that we saw. And we know that she, that uh, Evelina physically didn't have another surgery. So what is the surgery that she's talking about? And very, very likely at this moment here, she is uh, relating to her in a way that, of course, Evelina will not understand, that she had to uh, be taken out something needed to be taken out of her and what was that that was the body right so that whole surgery or surgical procedure quote-unquote here right of untying her you know the spirit and paraspirit from the physical body so I find that to be very very interesting the way Andre puts it here in the mouth of sister Isa allowing us to know and to remember that you know death is something normal and natural but it has a process to it right and if it's going as if as it was in the case of evelina here in a quote-unquote here natural way i mean the body was waning down and everything was going down so it it goes in a, a natural way in a more natural way than let's say a person that got murdered or killed herself or killed himself it is uh, with the, the help of good spirits around, you know, taking good care of that spirit and removing that spirit, you know, untying those knots from the physical body, right? So I, I find that image, and I, I'd like to point that out because I think that these are kind of gems that Andre go and, and puts into each of these chapters that he, he writes that I find to be to be very interesting, right, friend? Yeah, that's right, Mackenzie. And after a week of complete rest, she feels better and lighter. For her, it feels as if she had lost weight. Of course, it's the weight of the physical body, but she's not aware of that. But most importantly, she says, in her mind, 
ideas are strong and beautiful and almost materializing before her eyes. So she, she has this clarity in her thoughts and beautiful thoughts that she didn't know while on earth. And for being, feeling better, she starts to go to the window and seeing this beautiful big garden and wanting to go out. And she asks for permission, the nurse allows it and says, yeah, sure, the air surely will do you good and maybe you will make a new friend. So she goes in the garden and looks to everyone and for her it reminds her of that resort that she was in because there were many people but they didn't seem to know each other, they were strangers to each other. And so looking around she stops because here's the reunion with Ernest Fantini. She's not so sure, but extends her hands out to him and he looks back to her and calling her name, asking, is it really you, Evelina? And she's overjoyed, crying with joy and saying, yes, it's me. And for them, it was an, in, an unforgettable moment of reunion. They were overcome with emotion and really, really happy to see each other again. As we've known in this chapter, Evelina is in a strange place. And although she receives kindness from the nurses and doctors, she doesn't know what's going on and she feels alone. And she knows that she's not allowed to see her family. The crisis came along when she was thinking about her family. So it's like the anchor she encounters now in Ernesto Fantini, whom she wanted to see again because with him she had had a different fraternal understanding when they met at the hot springs. And before she discarnated, she remembered him as well because she noticed that she couldn't speak on the same level with her husband, Kayo. And that leads us, dear friends, to the title of Chapter 6, Fraternal Understanding, which we will discuss next week here on Kardec Radio. We invite you all to reflect on today's lessons. Maybe if you remember... Andre Louis's reaction was the same when he was taken to the hospital yard in Nosolar, asking, where am I? What is this all? How does this work? And so on. And so here is a different person, Evelina, telling us about her arrival in the spiritual world and reminding just that all cases are different. But the more we learn, the more we can prepare ourselves for our own transition one day. But for now, we would like to leave you here. Wish you all a great week with many blessings. And until next time.